together with a schedule can do that. So I recommend everyone to have the, the Mishneh Torah from the edition of uh, Rabbi Yochai Makbili from Mif'al Mishneh Torah. If you have it imprinted, that's great. If you do not have it imprinted, there is also a version which you can buy for iOS or Android. And there is a new one which is much, much more pleasant to the eye. And it's, uh, it's sort of like a PDF, but it's a, it's a computer application. Um, you can go to the website and, and uh, buy any of these versions there. They actually ship international also. So just uh, getting in contact with them and they'll, they'll ship you a set. It's not as expensive as you would think to ship it from Israel to here. And with that, let's begin with a very brief introduction on what the Mishneh Torah is outside. And then we'll go without, uh, without further delay to the Hakdama itself. The Mishneh Torah, unlike what many people think, I'll start by why it's not. It's not meant to be a replacement for the rest of the other books that were published before it. So it's not meant to be the book that you study and then you stopped studying Talmud, Gemara, and call it a day. It's not meant to prevent you from studying Mishnah. It's definitely not meant to prevent you from studying Tanakh. And another thing that it's not, it's not a book that's meant to also to preclude the need for a sikat halakha. It's not a book that makes all batedinim and all rabbinic authority going forward unnecessary. So what is it? In English, we have a word that's used in the legal world. I'm familiar with it, so I can talk to you about that. It's called a restatement of law. And restatements of law, if you open any of them, uh, law school students sometimes use them, they are summaries of the law as it is at this moment. And they are organized by, normally by law professors in a certain way. If they are very good, they reflect exactly what the cases were concluded as. And they are very useful references. They are not meant to be the, the book from which a judge sits on court, opens a restatement. This is the halakha, this is what you have to do. It's meant to be consulted, it's meant to be known, it's meant to ease the way by which you study the Torah. And that, in my humble opinion, is a perfect translate, translation of Mishneh Torah, the restatement of the law. So, one more point, Harambam always begins any of his writings or each of his writings with a quotation from Bereshit. It's Beshem Adonai El Olam. It's the, the, the beginning of the Pasuk is uh, This is what Abraham Abinu, Abraham said when he arrived to a place and he he planted a tree in order to announce to the world the presence of Boreola. So Harambam is making a point to 
making clear that everything that's motivating him, what he wants to do with each of his writings, is to to promote, to announce the name of Bore Olam. This is like uh, in Arabic, the, the Arabs preserve some of these, say Bismillah. It's Beshem uh, Hashem. Beshem Hashem El Olam. It announces what the intention, what the motivation of Harambam is. It's very important, obviously, to read everything Harambam wrote, not only the actual halachot, it was a reason he intended to put a pasuk there. And then another, the next pasuk that follows after that, as lo evosh behabiti el kol mitzvatecha is a pasuk from Tehillim. And uh, what uh, the Meshorer, the, 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 the author of Tehillim, is saying, then I will not feel ashamed as I look into, but this is a very specific word, as I look into all of your misvot, he's saying the author of the Elim is talking the second person to God, and he's saying, then, when this happens, I'm not going to feel ashamed when I look into all of your misvot. So the term lehabit is uh, deeper than this class permits. Whoever wants, Moriva uh, Ribi has uh, a... It's, uh, I think it's still unpublished, but there is an upcoming book that explains the Haktama and uh, has uh, some very, very profound things about the word Lehabit. But for our purposes, when you look at the Misvot, when you read the Shema at night or in the morning, and you say that uh, you are not left wondering what that means. Because what the Mishneh Torah is going to do is going to allow you to fill with content all the misvot that you find in the Torah that we are going to see in a way that you are no longer ashamed. What does this mean? You know exactly what it means. Akdama. If you follow the Makbili edition, by the way, the Akdama is divided very beautifully into halachot. And those are the halachot I'm going to refer to. So when I say halacha alef, halacha bet, halacha gimal, I'm referring to the edition of Makbili, so it's easier for those who have it to follow. Halacha Aleph. Kol ha-misvot shenittenu lo le-Moshe b-Sinai, b-Ferushan nittenu. Shem ne-emar, ve-etena lecha et luchot ha-even, ve-ha-Torah, ve-ha-misra. All the misvot, all the precepts that were given to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har-Sinai, they were given along with their meaning, with their explanation. As it said, when Moshe Rabbeinu is being called up to come to the mountain, he's saying, everyone else stay down, but you, Moshe Rabbeinu, come up to the mountain, and then what's going to happen on top of the mountain? I'm going to give to you three things. Number one, Luchot I'm going to give you the tablets made of stone. I'm going to give you the Torah, the law, which implies something that can be given, something Torah, uh, and I'm going to give you the, the precept. So there's three things here. And Harambam makes this point. The Torah and the Mitzvah are two separate things. Torah, when Hashem says to Moshe Rabbein, I'm going to give you the Torah, he's referring to the written Torah, which is something Moshe Rabbeinu got at Har Sinai. Umisva, 
זו קדושה. ולמסווה, what we mean by the word מסווה, by the way, make a mental note, every time the word מסווה appears in the Torah, that is what it means. מסווה means the פירוש. מסווה means the elaboration, the interpretation, the application of the written. But just to make this point clearer, let's say that you have a text with Mandarin characters. Now, I do not speak Mandarin. What do I need in order to be able to read the China Times? I don't know if China permits uh, a newspaper in Chinese, in Chinese territory, but let's say I have the China Times written in Mandarin, and I want to understand them. So I have the characters, I have the Torah Shabikhtab. Do I understand it now? No, I don't understand it yet. Let's say that somebody comes along and teaches me, okay, so this character is pronounced Chi, this character is pronounced Che, and this character is pronounced Yang, and then and so on and so forth, and then I know exactly how to read it. Do I now understand how to, do I now understand the text? No, I don't yet. Let's say somebody else comes and brings me a dictionary, and the dictionary shows me that each of the characters I now know how to pronounce has a corresponding word in English. Do I now understand what it means? The answer is not yet. I still need the cultural background to make sense of how these words interact with each other, what the context is, what the connotation of each of these terms is. There's a whole culture around it. So all of these things that I just mentioned, all of these things are part of what we call the Pirush here. They're part of what we call the Torah Shabbat. It's what in ancient Sephardic communities who used to speak ancient Spanish, they used to call it mental law, lay mentality. So that's the Mitzvah. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to give you the Torah, the written text, and I'm going to give you with that a system that's going to permit you to make sense of this written text. Not only did God give Moshe Rabbeinu misvot in two forms, in the written form, together with a system to make sense of them, but also we were explicitly prescribed to not take any other system. We are not allowed to take the Torah with a dictionary from even Shushan or, or anyone else, and then decide, oh, so this word means this, that's what it means that I have to do. No, there is a system that was given to Moshe Rabbeinu specifically. We have to use that system in order to understand the Torah. And this misvah, which is what the Torah calls misvah, we are going to call Torah the layman tell the oral law. All of the Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote by hand before he died. This is at the end of Parashat Vayelech. Et kol livrei ha-Torah azot al-sefer ad tumam. Says the Torah, the Torah says that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote everything until the end. And this was before he died. I don't know if Harambam here is settling the machloket of whether this was done all at once, or if it was done um, uh, 
Megillot, Megillot, in portions, but it's irrelevant for this point. Before he died, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote, this is our official position, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote everything from the bed of Bereshit until the Lamed of Kol Israel at the very end of the Zotah he wrote every single letter by hand, himself. What did he do then? Venatan Sefer He wrote at least 12 copies, one of which he gave to each of the Shevatim, each of the tribes. And one of one other book, a 13th copy, he made and he left it inside or beside the Aaron, the Ark of the Covenant, what you all know from Indiana Jones, to be there as a deposit. It was deposited there uh, to stay there, to stay there forever. As the Torah says, Moshe Rabbeinu prescribed Am Israel, now take this Sefer Torah as if, it's, as if he is pointing to something physical that he can put his finger and say, take this Sefer Torah, this book, this scroll of Torah, and you're going to put it beside the Aaron, the Ark of the Covenant of, of Hashem, your Lord, and it shall remain there, inside there, for you as a witness, as a testimony, as a testament. So, okay, so I know what happens now, what happened now with all of the written Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu received at Har Sinai. What about the oral Torah? Did that die with Moshe Rabbeinu? No. And the Mitzvah, which is the interpretation, the elaboration, the mental law of the Torah. Look at Avaha. Moshe Rabbeinu did not commit that to writing. If he had, moreover, anything he did commit to writing, by definition, became part of the first kind of Torah, not of Mitzvah. Ella, rather, Rather, he prescribed it, again the word Siva, orally, he prescribed this to the elders, the 70 elders he had appointed, to Yehoshua and to the rest of Am Israel. As it is said, All the things, all the words, in Hebrew is the same word for word and thing, that I am prescribing to you today, again the word mesaveh, orally, it you must safe keep in order to be able to implement, to do. You may not add upon it, nor subtract from it. I'm not going to get right now into what that means in the context of Torah of the oral law, what does it mean not to add, not to subtract. Harambam deals with that at the very end of Mishneh Torah and Yechot And because of this, because Moshe Rabbeinu did not commit it to writing and he prescribed it orally to Zekanim, it's called Torah it's called the Torah that is oral, that is not written. Because Moshe Rabbeinu did not write it. Dalit. 
אף על פי שלא נכתבה תורה שבעל פה, although the תורה שבעל פה was not written down, למידה משה רבנו כולה בבית דינו לשבעים זקנים. משה רבנו made a point to teach it, to actively go and teach it in his court, משה רבנו had a court, he wasn't a one-man show, to, 70, to the 70 elders, to the 70 representatives, the house of representatives of Am Yisrael, which was composed of 70 sages. Ve'el-Azhar, Ufinehas, Yehoshua, and El-Azhar, who was the son of Aaron Cohen, the nephew of Moshe Rabbeinu, and Finehas, who was El-Azhar's son, and Yehoshua, who was Moshe Rabbeinu's follower as a leader, and he was his student as well, as it said, Yehoshua b'nun na'ar lo yamish mitoch ha'ohel, shelostan kibbelu min Moshe. All three of them were part of those that received this Torah from Moshe Rabbein. This Torah of Yalpe. And Yehoshua, who is a student of Moshe, of Moshe Rabbein, Masar Torah of Yalpe and Sivah Waleha. But with Yehoshua there was something special. Not only did Moshe teach it to Yehoshua, but he also entrusted it to Yehoshua. He entrusted it. The word Masar is important. This comes straight from, by the way, like every word in Mishneh Torah, but straight from the first Mishnah of Pirkei Avot. Many of us might know it. Moshe kibbel Torah misinai umsaraha Yehoshua. Moshe received the Torah from Ha-Sinai, and the Mishnah is referring to Rashi Be'alpeh here, and he entrusted it, he passed it on, to Yehoshua. He conveyed it to Yehoshua, but Masar is not only to entrust it, it's to entrust it and to stop being entrusted with it yourself. So Moshe, by passing it down to Yehoshua, when that happened, Moshe no longer could engage in producing more or in being an authority on Torah Shabbat. Yehoshua was the new guardian of Torah Shabbat. And he instructed or he appointed Yehoshua to be the trustee of Torah Shabbat-Alpeh. So to Yehoshua, the way, the modus by which he taught Torah Shabbat-Alpeh was orally. Many sages received this Torah from Yehoshua. Many generations later, so Zekanim, Shasimut to Zekanim, one Supreme Court, one House of Representatives to the other, until the time of Ali HaKohen, which is about 400 years later. Ali HaKohen was the Kohen Gadol at the time of Shemuel Hanavi, he was his teacher. And Ali also received this Torah from the Zekanim. And from Pinehas, this is in line with this tradition that Hachamim had, that Pinehas lived a very, very, very long life. Uh, and Ali probably lived a very long life as well. Ushmuel kibbel me'ali u'bedino. Shemuel, Shemuel Hanavi, also received. Kibbel is, the, is the, the other side of the coin of Masar. Moshe kibbel Torah misinai umsaraha di Hoshua. 
So and Shemuel also received, he was entrusted with Torah Be'alpeh by Ali and his court. Again, nobody here is acting on their own. Everyone is with their court. David, King David, David HaMelech, received from Shemuel the prophet who had anointed him, Uvedino, in his court. Vahiyah Shiloni was another prophet. He's a prophet actually who took the kingdom away from, from, uh, from David's grandson and gave it to Yadavam, took a little bit of the kingdom from, from there. And another tradition we have is that Ahiyah Shiloni also was another very, very longevous person, and he had come from Islam. I'm not saying what Arambam says here literally, there might be meaning to that, but again, Arambam's point in Mishnah Torah is not to give you his opinion. Arambam's point in Mishnah Torah is to summarize, to restate, to organize everything, as we'll see later in the Hakdama, in this introduction, everything he was able to gather in the entirety of the corpus that reflects the Torah that we are talking about right now. So Ahiyah the tradition says he was from those who came out from Mitzrayim, about 500 years before. The Levi Haya, he was a Levite from the tribe of Levi. The Shamami Moshe, he was privy to having heard the, the instruction from Moshe. When Moshe went around teaching, he was one of those who heard it. The Hayakatami Moshe, he was a little one, he was a young one in the time of Moshe, and he also was a recipient of the Rashid al from David and his court. I have an idea of why this point is being made here. It's not a historical point that Ahiyah Shiloni really lived 500 years or so. It's irrelevant. We, it, it doesn't matter at all to us how long he lived. It matters if you think that, uh, you know, you are going to live 500 years. That's something you should not think. You should think, you should assume that you're going to live by Zat Hashem 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 120 years, just so you feel the fire under you to produce something other, other than uh, thinking that you have 500 years to live. So that's why I'm going to insist that this is not the case, just so we don't think that we can live 500 years. But I'm going to make a point. The reason why Haramam is insisting that Ahiyah Shiloni heard these things from Moshe Rabbeinu is to show us that that doesn't make a difference. Even though Ahiyah Shiloni heard it from Moshe Rabbeinu, the only thing that gives Ahiyah Shiloni authority is the fact that 500 years later, David HaMelech, a king from the tribe of Yehuda, who never heard it from Moshe Rabbeinu, who is now many, many generations down from Moshe Rabbeinu, the fact that David is entrusting him with Torah Alpeh is what gives him authority. In other words, it's not the content. It's not the truth, what Moshe Rabbeinu actually said. It's not, we're not trying to figure out what the Torah actually means. It's a system. This system has rules. This system has authority. And even Ahiyah Shiloni, who heard it from Moshe Rabbeinu himself, you would think, well, you know, Ahiyah Shiloni, obviously, he should be the one, the utmost authority on telling us what Torah Shabbat what the oral law is, when we say, what exactly that means, he should be the one. He heard it from Moshe Rabbeinu. Why don't we go and ask him? No, if you lived before David HaMelech entrusted him with that authority, he was just like any other person. 
אליהו קיבל מאחיה השילוני ובתינו. אליהו הנביא, פרופט, he also received from אחיה השילוני, from his court. ואלישע, אלישע was אליהו's student, his follower, in being a prophet mostly to the kingdom of Israel, received from אליהו and his court. והוידה הכהן, another famous figure in Tanakh, the protector of the king, etc., he received from אלישע and his court, וזכריהו קיבל מהוידה ובדינו, the next one was זכריהו, והושע קיבל מזכריה ובדינו, ועמוס קיבל מהושע ובדינו, I'm not translating because we know what קיבל means already, וישעיהו קיבל מעמוס ובדינו, ישעיהו, the next one, ומיכה קיבל מישעיהו ובדינו, this is very interesting by the way, if you ever want to know what הרמב״ם's position was, on what the tradition is on the order of this Nevi'im, you can get it from here. ויואל קיבל ממיכה ובדינו, ונחום קיבל מיואל ובדינו, והחבקוק קיבל מנחום ובדינו, וספניה קיבל מחבקוק ובדינו, וימיה קיבל מספניה ובדינו, וברוך בן מריה, he was the one who was described for ימיה, who published his things, but he was a hacham on his own. He was the follower of ימיהו, he received the Torah של דעתו from him, והעזרה ובדינו קיבלו מברוך ובדינו. And Ezra, Ezra Sofer, about whom we are going to talk about right now, he's the one received from pretty much the last generation of Nevi'im in Eretz Yisrael before the destruction of the second, the first Betamikdash. Alachat Zayin. Bet Dino Shel Ezra, the court of Ezra, En Hanikra'in they are the ones whom we call Anshe, the people of the great assembly. Keneset from Leikanes, from to assemble. Agedola, the great, the great assembly. Behem, and who are they? Who are these sages from Anshe, from this great assembly? Haggai, Zechariah, Umalachi, three prophets. Whose books we have, and they are part of the Asar, of the 12 books. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, four other protagonists of the book of Daniel. Umhemiah ben Hachaliah, the protagonist of the book of Nehemiah. Umurdechai, from the book of Esther, you know him. Zerubabel, who is also in the book of Nehemiah and the book of Ezra. And many sages that were with them. Tashlum, me'av ve'ayshim zekanim. Collectively, they added up to 120 sages. Aharon Mehem, the last one of them, Hushimona Sadiq, and by last, maybe Harambam here means the youngest, or maybe the lesser of them, but Shimon HaSadiq, Shimon the righteous, is one of the ones who were part of 120 sages serving in the court of Isaiah. He was one of the 120. And he was the recipient, and he was entrusted with Rashi Be'alpeh from all of them. And he was also the Kohen Gadol. He served as Kohen Gadol after Ezra Asofer was the Kohen Gadol. As a side note, note that although Ezra was the Kohen Gadol, and you would think the obvious title for him would have been Ezra HaKohen, 
Note that although Hachamim say that he also was a Navi, he was a prophet, Hachamim put him together with Malachi, they say Isaiah was Malachi, Harambam obviously does not agree with that because he named Malachi as a separate Navi, but Ezra chose as the title for himself, Sofer, he did not choose for his title, Kohen, and this was part of the revolution Ezra did, which was to make sure the Torah becomes the centerpiece of Jewish life, of Jewish national life, much more over, above and beyond Kehuna, which he was the chief of. So what happened after Isaiah? We are going to stop after this halacha. Antignas ish soho uvedino. All of this you can find by the way in Pirkeavot. So Antignash, the person, the, the man who lived in Soho and his Betin, they also received the Torah, and again, Kibbelu means were entrusted with the authority of Torah Shadalpe, from Shimon HaTzadik, Uvedino, the Yosef ben Yo'ezer ish Tzereda, the Yosef ben Yochanan ish Tzereda, now we start a period of called the Zugot, because we are naming not only the head of the court, but also his second in command, Yosef ben Yohanan and Yosef ben Yo'ezer, Uved Dinam, Kibbelu Meam Tignas Uved Dino, Yoshua ben Pedachia, Venitai Harbeli Uved Dinam, Kibbelu Meosef, Yosef Uved Dinam, Yehuda ben Tabai, Veshimon Asad ben Shatah Uved Dinam, Kibbelu Meosua, Venitai Uved Dinam, we are now in the well into the time of the Hashmonaim, Shemaya Veavtalion, Gereh Hasedek, this is already towards the end, the second, the Hamikdash, second temples period. Shemayav Avtalion, listen to this, they were converts. They had converted from not being Jewish, probably being Roman, to being Jewish. And this is to make the point, this is totally irrelevant. We already learned it's irrelevant if you heard it yourself from Moshe Rabbeinu, it's who entrusted you with it. And now we are learning also, it doesn't matter who your parents are. Shemayav Avtalion, they were Gerim. And they were, they, they were the heads of the Sanhedrin. It's a pure meritocracy. They deserve to be the head of the Sanhedrin. They were the head of the Sanhedrin. And they received the Torah. They were entrusted with Rashi de Alpeh from Yehuda ben Shatah and Shimon and Yeshua. And uh, sorry, and, and, uh, and Yehuda and uh, Nittai Harbeli. So Shimon ben Shatah and, and Yehuda ben Tabai. And uh, ju just to make a point, Everything we have today of Tulash Adalpe has passed through at least one generation of Gerim, of Shemayav It's important to note that we have the utmost respect for Gerim who deserve it, a Ger who converts the right way. And, you know, we, we read every single Shabbat, we have a halacha to read the translation of the Torah into Aramaic, also written by a Ger, the Diyakivaki from Gerim. The list is very long. It's not about blood, it's about merit, and it's not about knowledge, it's not about content, it's about this system, this authority. Now we come to Hillel and Shammai, the very famous heads of their own group, Hillel and Shammai. Rabban Yohanan ben Zakai, Rabban Shimon ben Oshel Hillel, Kibbelum Hillel Ubetina. And then Rabban Yohanan Mezakai, another very important figure, lived through the destruction of the Second Beit Hamikdash, and he was responsible for preserving and maintaining the academies, especially in Yavneh, 
and preserving the Torah, he together with Rabban Shimon ben, ben, ben Hillel, the father of Rabban Gamliel, they were the ones who also received, they were the last generation to receive Torah Shadar during the second temple. So Be'ezat Hashem, I intend to let you know through the WhatsApp group what time is going to be tomorrow. I don't know if this has recorded or not, we'll find out, but uh, thank you all for joining